So, welcome, Lewis, to the uh, Digital Noir Presents Live at South Start podcast. How Thanks. are you? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. No problem. How did how'd the talk go? Yeah, it was good. Um, I think I, I had an itch to scratch for a while. There are a couple of things that I, I've kind of learned along this uh, startup journey that I wanted to share. So, okay. it feels good to have scratched that itch, you know. What, what, what's one of the itches that you've been scratching? Um, you know, I mean, in this kind of... This kind of startup game, a very high-stakes startup game. You know, we, we do a crazy electric car, and it's a monumental challenge. And at times, uh, that challenge was brutal, right? Brutal. Mm. Like, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm very glad I did it. And now, looking back, kind of able to learn a few things. Um, primarily how you know, there's different roles that people play. If they're a linear thinking person or a lateral thinking person. Okay. or or if they, they're the entrepreneur with this kind of quantum thinking universe, it's, it's not a question of uh, human capability or, or a ranking of how smart people are. It's just the different roles that they got to play. Uh, and the people playing those different roles really never get along. But I think uh, having an understanding of the different roles uh, helps us to be a little more empathetic and I think ultimately be a little more healthy as entrepreneurs and create healthy organizations. And, and, and so... Um running a, a company so did you start unity or you, yeah. you come right so when you're putting together teams like that how, how do you go about you know gelling you know people that you know think in different ways and and you know and may not think along similar lines but you obviously need them in you know in the larger makeup right yeah i mean it, it gets even more complex when you think about the how the organization needs to change over time in our uh, in unity the whole idea was to be really creativity heavy but process light management light sure. it means you can you know really define a unique product design a unique product a unique uh, way to hit the market and be really creativity heavy in that approach but then all of a sudden it comes time to industrialize that thing and, yeah. and, and you know build a lot of them uh, and that requires a very different team and, and having to change that structure and evolve the organization and keep try to keep people happy that is really taxing. I think that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, you know, okay. to sort of restructure and, uh, you know, re remove 20 engineers from the team and, and stuff like that. Uh, that was really brutal. Um, I think the number one most important thing to do is, under all circumstances, just be happy and healthy and grateful and feel good. And, and no matter what, put that vibe out into the organization and, uh, you know, share information, be absolutely transparent with everything, and uh, then, then you get it back. Then you get empathy and understanding uh, back. And, and that's the best way, I think, for the organization to work out. Uh, not, not the American way. Fire everybody. <laughs> not that kind of stuff. That doesn't work. One of the things that um, I suppose South Start's trying to champion, I think, and here in SA, and I'm interested in, in your opinion of sort of you know, South Australia from, from an outsider, but is opening up those, you know, being transparent, having... having, having actual real communication in the industry in the startup industry in the in the business industry and i think i think you know that historically there's this sort of proprietary keep everything behind closed doors in sure. sa and that's why a lot of things you know don't bubble to the surface it's like that globally yeah. it's, been, it's, it's a generational thing yeah i think so um and and if you're in the next generation the next generation of startups or entrepreneurs or whatever the first thing you look at is well the big industry's got all the money and they got all this and they got all that what do i have what are the what are the unique resources that I you know I got as an entrepreneur? Well, that's one of them. Being yeah. open and transparent and speaking to a lot of people and, and banding people together, you know, creating a grassroots movement yep. uh, with a lot more agility, flexibility, um, 
yeah, you, you, you'd be surprised. Don't underestimate the power of those advantages. And what do you think, because I, I think especially in, in SA and, and Australia, there, there, there's often been this reliance on government, right? And I, I don't necessarily see why. Obviously, you know, they, they play their part, but on a grassroots level, what are the kind of things that you think, you know, a city like Adelaide can start doing to, you know, try and push ourselves to that position where I think a lot of us see SA can go and being sort of, you know, a global leader and a place where people come to innovate as opposed to leaving like a lot of us do. Uh, look, one thing I've got to say since I've been here and been engaging with SA, I don't know if you're the best place in Australia or the best place in the world for innovation. I don't know if you're the best place to go for startups, but it certainly seems that way. <laughs> you, you, you really punch, uh, really punch above your weight. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, in terms of autonomous electric mobility, you got all four of them here. Uh, the, the autonomous shuttle pods. I mean, you could be forgiven for thinking this was the next. I don't know, Silicon Valley or Sydney or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, reliance on the government. I mean, since when does the government have a chief entrepreneur, yeah. a chief entrepreneur's <laughs> office? Honestly, I, I think you're all heading in the right direction. And events like Southstart are absolutely perfect for that. You've got people bringing in different kinds of thinking, warping reality a little bit, um, you know, constructing reality. I think culturally and in, in the in the people, you certainly have everything you need culturally. Uh, you certainly have an economy and and uh, and a social environment that that definitely supports a great startup era to explode. Uh, but I think events like South Start making them as rock and roll as possible, yeah. getting people together, getting people fired up. You know, put on a show, get people excited, podcasts like this. I think they're, they're absolutely critical, economically critical. <laughs> uh, they're absolutely critical. Uh, so be, be louder and do more of it. And I think, yeah, it's getting people together and making them realize it's great. We can, if, if we all get together and, and you know, actually make noise, then, then people are going to hear it. Uh, and I, I, it's obviously, it's simple to say, but I think people just need to actually get out and, and, and do it more, right? Yeah, and... and uh, but talk about indicators. Here's an interesting data point. I was at Prohibition Gin the other day yep. and I tried some gin. It was absolutely wonderful. And he said, I said, explain what, you know, your story here. And he said, well, we're three years old. He said, we're kind of, we're kind of new in the gin space, but we're old in the Adelaide gin space. Because yep. back then, I think there was like three. And they're, now they're one like, of the forerunners, yeah. Yeah. And now there's like, Freaking 200 of them or yeah. something. It's crazy. That's a gold rush. Yeah. Right? There was this wine thing. Now, that all of a sudden, there's this gin thing. I mean, yeah. it's great timing in a global context. Um, so, if that's an indicator for anything else, it's an indicator that other people are watching and saying, hang on a minute, that looks like a lot of fun. I like, I like gin. Yeah. Uh, let me have a shot at it. Jump in and so have a crack. By the time you, uh, you know... That's a real indicator that there's a lot of people looking and a lot of people with a little itch to scratch and um, yeah, watch that spread to many other industries. Yeah, craft beer as well. And I think, I mean, I, I really, because it's close to my heart, but I, I love that the food and wine scene in SA, because you know, it, it, is, it is so great, gets, gets woven into everything we do, right? But why not? Please, uh, the food and wine scene. <laughs> I, I had uh, dinner at Concubine the other night. Uh, and I had yeah. a... I had a prawn that was like a lobster. <laughs> you are spoiled. Are you are spoiled. spoiled. <laughs> I mean, you can't get 
a prawn like that in Europe. By the time shrimp get that far, they're little rubbery frozen things. You can't get that in Thailand. No, you can't. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, sure. Yeah. Use your strengths. Yeah. How long have you been in Adelaide for this, on this trip? A couple of days. Got here on the 18th, I think. Going to be here till the 26th. Nice. So, I mean, the South Start squad has been incredible, like hosting and taking we, to events. Yeah, Africola last night. Yeah, dinner. yeah. How'd yeah. you find that? Yeah, it was good. It was, it was unique. It was different. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was great. Uh, normally, I, I don't have time to be involved in all the events. I yeah, just sure. Go walk Speak. on stage <laughs> and then leave again. Especially yeah. if it's in Europe, we're just buzzing around. But for some reason, this time I took a couple extra days, um, take some meetings and so forth. I was blown away. Very, very well hosted, well managed event. Nice. So you're from Australia originally, but you've. Uh, Moved overseas? Yeah, yeah. I lived uh, all around Western Australia and Queensland. Okay. So, yeah, went to university at Griffith on the Gold Coast. Nice. Yeah. I think there's a lot of us that, that, that do, you know, head overseas, head to Europe, head to the States, um, and, then, and then come back and go, wow, I mean, this, we sort of, you sort of neglect how good things are, you know, especially in Adelaide, which, you know, does get sort of left behind some of the bigger cities sometimes. But I think uh, you know, more people come in and, and starting these conversations and, kicking things off it's exciting sure sure i mean i always thought of coming back maybe one day in the distant future <laughs> but uh, you know that this startup scene thing wasn't happening back then no no not at uh, all this is, a, this is a relatively new thing i mean god's sake we didn't even have internet that could handle it <laughs> still it's 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 really lagging behind but uh yeah we're getting there what, what are the, some of the things, um, as an outsider now, looking back in, that you think you know, need to be improved, I suppose, to sort of you know, come up to a level of, of what's happening in Europe or other states? Um, you know, I mean, uh, I'd love to see a lot more big thinking. Um, I think, you know, that there's a lot of focus on attracting foreign companies and all that kind of stuff, and that's really great. But I'd like to see a lot more big thinking in, in young people. I mean... I don't know how it is today, but when I was at university, um, you know, everybody was hanging out and getting drunk and just trying to pass. Uh, that, that, that was never my thing. I think we're a little bit too comfortable sometimes. Yep. I don't know what it's like now, but as a university student, you should be making a new startup every year and making a horrific, embarrassing failure every single time so that by the end of the fourth year, You've either got an incredible base of knowledge or you've got financial freedom, yeah. which is wonderful. I, I, we do quite a bit of work with the local unis um, in, in the business, like, you know, bringing, bringing through marketing, marketing students and um, developers, designers. And honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think there's enough pushing people to you know, yeah, cross boundaries and, and fail. You know? Fa failure is something that you know, people don't want at uni, right? You, you don't want to fail. You want to just get across the mark. But failure is a great... You know, that, that's what you need, I think, to, to grow as a, you know, as a, in your career and as a human. Yeah, I also think just making it cool. Yeah. So it's not, not a matter about necessarily even pushing people or, or motivating them with a stick. Um, there's a lot of different motivations, uh, and I think social motivation is certainly something that appeals to younger people. So, you know, it can be a really rock and roll thing to do. I mean, it, it's glorious. It's painful and brutal and exciting and... Um, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible adventure. 
and it's a pretty rock and roll thing to do to make your own company. So. That, and that's what the real world's like, right? You come out of uni and that's what's going to happen, right? Unless you sort of, you know, move into some great position in a big company. But otherwise, you, you, you need to learn that. How, how does that differ in, in Northern Europe, do you think, in terms of like a, a mind state, coming, you know, kids coming out of uni? Because um, I think there's a lot of work to be done here still. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's a relatively new thing over there too. Mm. I think uh, within the last decade even it, it wasn't sort of necessarily socially acceptable in the last generation to you know it wasn't a good thing necessarily to be an entrepreneur a good thing is to be an engineer at a big engineering firm yeah. and i think people don't realize that them big engineering firms were started by somebody that had That's a bit right. of fire in their belly and then a, and a, a, a sparkle in their eye and just went after it um so now it's changing a whole lot um it's cool to be an entrepreneur so everybody even if they do consulting or anything, they take the label. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think we just need to... I was talking to somebody the other last night, actually. I, I definitely won't say who it was, but I mentioned about this gin company, Prohibition. Yeah. And, and the guy who was from the government said, yeah, yeah, but, you know, they had, they had problems. Uh, they had challenges. And the first thing I said was, for God's sake, don't worry about that. <laughs> well, Jeez. Worry, worry, worry. <laughs> Being able to find a way to win in the face of adversity is one of the most important things. If if there's a startup, the entrepreneur that just keeps on winning, that is that is an unsafe position. Yeah, sure. If they're constantly fending off failure and finding a way to win and go to the next level, that's what entrepreneurship is all about. That's that's who you should be backing. Um, so definitely, uh, focusing on the successes is important. But the successes are not just $100 million sales and all this kind of stuff. It's also succeeding in the face of adversity. Not like, oh, they had problems. No shit, so does every single company on earth. 100%. Tesla's a great example. Uh, out there in Europe, they're all saying for a while, oh, Tesla has manufacturing problems. They can't produce this car. There are a lot of problems. Yeah, no shit, so does every <laughs> single car company on earth. Yeah. But why do we know about Tesla's problems? Who's who's seeding that story? Yeah. They are. Yeah. Because drama dramatology in Swedish or dramaturgy, you know, the the, the dramatic ebbs and flows, the polarizing well, stories. Look what happens when they critical. release their quarter you know, quarter profits and they're you know higher. Wow, whoa. It yeah. defies everybody's expectations. Yeah. The worst thing you can do <laughs> is bet on uh, bet on bet against people like that. Uh, that's what we need a bit more of in the culture here, I think. Sure. And I think that's something that, and it, whatever it is, that sort of tall poppy syndrome or whatever, pe- people are a little bit, you know, scared to stick their neck out and actually, you know, say, look, I'm here. This is what I'm doing. And that was kind of partially, I mean, I didn't get onto that point so much, but tall poppy syndrome or, or anything like that that holds people back, um, ultimately, it's up to the entrepreneur. They've got to decide who they're going to listen to because... The minds of people. This is effectively the multiverse. What does that guy think? What does that guy think? Well, some think, they all think a completely different thing. Some are extremely supportive, blindly, naively supportive of what you do. And the others are, some are the polar opposite and every other thing in between. The question is, who do you work for? Who do you want to listen to? Who do you want to influence your own performance and your own energy? Who are you going to focus your time on? Uh, It's very hard to to focus on you know, working for the people that support you, but it's absolutely critical to, to not waste your time uh, on, on anything that's uh, like putting a brick in your backpack. You don't want to walk around with a big, heavy backpack full of bricks. You, you want to run as fast as you possibly can and listen to the people that give you wings. Yep. 
and, and jump around as well. And I think there's, I was having a chat with a, um, a bloke that runs a, an agency in Melbourne, but you know, when, when, he's, when he's hiring people, he, he wants to know what their five-year plan is. He wants to know what's next. Let, let, let me help you get there, right? As opposed to thinking, that, that's thinking, oh, you're going to be here for 15 years and you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, it's better to have people that have vision and, and actually want to grow and you can help them along that journey, right? And if people have the freedom to do that, yeah. if you say, like one thing I used to say at the start of our company, it was not like a strict nine to five, I used to say, come here when you feel compelled to be here. And if you don't feel compelled to be here, go and find the place in the world where you are compelled to be there. Mm. Um, and if you have that, it can be taken advantage of, oh, of course. That's uh, uh, another thing I learned along the process. But <laughs> if you give people that kind of freedom and have their motivation not be a rule or a restriction or a partner, it's a contract or exclusivity agreement, yeah. get rid of all that and have a completely different motivation like, uh, the motivation to, to achieve something great together or uh, values that align with people's own values, then you get a much more effective, much better results and people feel good about what they're doing. Um, yeah, focus on attracting talent, not forcing talent to stay. <laughs> and, it's, and it's the same thing, you know, trying to build a culture backwards. You, you, can't, you can't have something and then all of a sudden just you know, force culture down onto a team. It, it, it's, it's having that transparency at the start and, and sort of you know, leading from the front, this is how we actually, this is how we operate, this is how I operate. Yeah. You, you know, we get into business for the sake of you know, doing, you know, creating your own destiny, right? Yeah. And, and you don't want to have a workforce that doesn't share a similar goal. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, cool. stuff. So you're hanging around for the next couple of days? Or you're, you're, you're yeah, there's something. We're going out to, and we're doing like a wine and oh, cheese cool. I'll, thing. I'll be there. That's going to be oh, incredible. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 um, McLaren Valley is beautiful, but the, uh, the cubes are an experience. So, You, you know, I, I got to say that I never realized what a beautiful town Adelaide is. Never realized. And I was here last year. I, okay. sp I spoke at the Impact Awards oh, yeah, last sure. year. Um, but at that time, I mean, I was really like a functioning psychotic. <laughs> I, I didn't sleep and I was in the guts of this creative chaos phase and everything was just brutal. And at that time, every single day, I had no idea where I was. I was just mm. dragged. The next day, I'm in New York or Vegas or Delhi or uh, it, it was just like a haze. And I was here uh, and I, I, I just... I don't know. I, I didn't have the same set of eyes. I, I missed what a beautiful town it was. It's interesting. I sometimes. lost a section of my life, and now that I'm here with a, a completely a clear head and a and a much more uh, healthy mindset, wow, what an incredible city you got here! I didn't realize it. <laughs> it's funny what perspective does though, and sometimes, especially when traveling, just who you're with. You know, if you if you if you, you actually see something through a local's eyes, can really change the perspective on a, on a place. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's nice that they're putting on, you know, the dinners and, and taking people out and showing them, you know, some of the awesome stuff that we have here. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Oh, yeah. looking forward to the next couple of days and we'll have to have a chat with a few wines on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, uh, no objections here. <laughs> awesome, mate. Oh, thanks for the chat. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Keep up the awesome work.